amen to that. Uh, honored to be with you this morning. Greeting to everyone online. I want to get into the word uh, that I feel like I have for you this morning. Uh, some of it kind of, of personal and then some of it um, um, from Jesus for you, individual. So let's go ahead and pray over the word. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you for uh, just the privilege of being able to gather together as a church family, uh, being able to be joined by those that are online. Thank you, Lord, for technology that's working today. Uh, thank you, Father, for your presence here, your beautiful presence, Lord. Thank you, Father, for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just uh, love you. We love your presence. And, Father, no matter where we are or what we do, we don't want to be there or do it without your presence, Lord. Like Moses cried, Lord, you can send me anywhere you want to, but don't send me without your presence. Father, thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. Lord, we just rest in you and your strength, your love, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for it. Bless your word this morning, Lord. Bless the, the as I share my heart. And I pray, Father, help me to um, articulate it well. And Lord, give us ears to hear what you want to say and hearts to receive, Holy Spirit, what you want to reveal. And <clears throat> Jesus, have your way this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. We had a great time in our beacon, our beacon, our uh, boiler room uh, prayer time that we have from 9 to 9.30 uh, back in fire. Uh, it literally was a fire. Uh, uh, we've done it now, I don't know, for months. And so we just go in there and uh, put on some worship music and pray in tongues and kind of get our hearts ready uh, to receive or to minister or whatever the Lord has for that morning. So we tend to do that every Sunday morning. And it's open to anybody that wants to come. And you're welcome to come in there and sit, pray, um, to join us in that. Uh, this morning was kind of unique in that uh, about 20 minutes after the whole room got quiet, uh, which we don't usually do because we're usually just praying, but the whole room got quiet and the presence of the Lord was just so thick. Um, I don't know if you've experienced it uh, when you're in the presence of the Lord and you get like a buzz to where it's hard to think. Um, it was like that in the room, just a sweet uh, peace, love, uh, I, I didn't want to leave, but at the same time, I knew service started here at 10, and uh, we needed to uh, get going, but uh, we were about 10 minutes after, I think it was 40 after 9, we uh, finally all left the room. Uh, so I encourage you, if you'd like to join us, it is open on Sunday mornings. I know Sunday school is going at the same time, uh, but it, if you'd like to, we do have that prayer in the fire room. We call it the boiler prayer room uh, from 9 to 9.30 on Sunday mornings. Amen. If you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of, we'll begin in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 15. I want to share with you uh, some of the things the Lord is speaking to me personally. And uh, hopefully you will be able to glean from and relate. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. It's good to continue to grow. I don't ever want to stop growing. And part of growth is uh, recognizing the lie of the enemy in your life and recognizing the truth of Jesus and applying the truth of Jesus and dismissing the lie of the enemy. 
So here we're in Luke 15. This is a very familiar passage, beginning with verse 20. It says here, uh, you know, preface this, this is the parable of the, of the prodigal son. And uh, this is, he's already received his inheritance, ran away, squandered it, ended up in poverty, ended up in distress because he didn't treat the blessing of the father. He didn't value it. Uh, he just was uh, deceived of the enemy and uh, spent it all, and it was worthless. And he comes to his senses as he is starving to death and realizes, man, it was much better at home. Even if I go back and I'm just a servant in my father's house, that's better than where I am right now. So he sets off and goes, verse 20. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And the father ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Now, remember, the son had been living in a pigsty, eating corn husk or whatever the pigs refused to eat. That's what he was eating. That's where he was living. So the son was not dressed up, had his hair combed nice, shaved. He probably just walked off, still smelled of pigs, still was in a bad condition when he was coming to the father. And this is the father's uh, just ran and grabbed him where he was in the midst of the condition he was in, saw his heart, that his heart was returning, and went out and loved on him. Okay? The son said to the father, Dad, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He was speaking about his identity. How he saw himself. How he chose to believe how he could relate to his father and his father's house from this point forward. I have screwed up. I've messed up. Uh, I am a second-class citizen. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your servants. Okay? And he goes to the father and he says this. And his father uh, just ignores him. And his father speaks over him the way the Father views each and every one of us. But the Father said to his servants, Hey, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, because his righteousness comes from me and not from himself. So put my robe of righteousness on him. Put a ring on his finger because his authority and his position in the family, his relationship with me is from me and not because of him. Put sandals on his feet because what I have called him to do and what I have chosen him to do comes from my strength and my ability and not his own. So position him where he belongs, even if he doesn't believe he belongs there. Position him, put him in that place, give him all of the resources he needs, even if at the moment he isn't there ready to walk in the fullness of the uh, revelation. This is what the father said. And now bring the fatted calf and kill it because we're going to party. 
the son that I had who was dead is no longer. So the father brings joy to the situation. There's no shame, no condemnation, no you should have, would have, could have, or anything else. It's just you're here, you're back in the position because of what I have done. Now accept that position and run with it. Okay? Now this rattles or is hard to uh, be received, uh, I think, by a lot of people. And so, uh, you know, I am the, uh, the fourth son. I'm number four. I have three older brothers. And uh, I realized this week, the Lord, and I've been talking to the Lord for quite a while about this, especially since my dad passed. My dad passed just a little, little over a year ago. It was uh, February 23rd of last year. And so just kind of been dealing with uh, thinking through how our family reacted, how, what I received in my identity from that, how I relate to people others, to myself, to God, because of what I had grown up in and how I had been. So I was number four. And uh, just beginning to think through, okay, I'm the fourth son. I'm not the favored son. Okay? I was number four. I was the, the, the little guy. My oldest brother, who was the football star and homecoming king, was like the favored son. And I'm not speaking derogatory in any way, shape. I mean, this is my understanding, my attitude, what I gleaned, whether or not the situation was that way or not. This is how I interpreted things, okay? So I looked at it as that, and I remember a couple instances, like we went to a, a restaurant, and uh, my dad was opening, uh, he had had an auto parts store, and he was switching from independently owned to a uh, gr- large group car quest. It was a like AutoZone or something like that. And so you bought into it, and they were buying. It was a business agreement he was coming into, and those people took our family out to eat. And remember, there's seven kids, mom and dad. And so uh, we all went out to eat, and we had the menus there. And I can remember I sat next to my eldest brother, and he opened the menu, and he ordered steak and lobster. I looked at the menu and found the cheapest thing on it, to buy it. Why? Because I didn't see myself as a favored son. I saw myself as the fourth son, the one who would get the shirts that got handed down. I didn't get new clothes. I got the hand-me-downs. He would get the new, and it would get passed down. And so in my identity, I realize I have related a lot as a fourth son. A little bit of a prodigal in, in my thinking, even though I have the fullness of the father, fullness of the love, yet I'm relating to life from that fourth son. I did note this week that I am the fourth pastor of Metro. And it made me wonder, hmm, Matthew, am I leading this church like a favored son or am I leading this church like a fourth son expecting only hand-me-downs from the Father? Made me wonder. So God and I have had a lot of talk about this 
this week, and I'm sure I will continue as I come into, I'm not the fourth son to him. I'm the first son. I'm a firstborn. I'm a favored son. You're a favored son. You're a favored daughter. And if I live in less than or expect less than in the same way, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm receiving what I preached a few weeks ago about the different size of cups, and I'm realizing I have been in some of my relations a smaller cup than what the Lord has for me. So it was an encouraging, challenging, emotional. I've been journaling, talking to the Lord a lot of just coming into what does the Lord have for us? What does the Lord have for me? We are favored. We are the favored children of the Father. We have His righteousness. We have His authority. We have His equipment, the sandals. He rejoices over us. He likes to give us good things. Are we receiving or are we expecting and acting like third cousins? Only invited because you have to, you know. So that's sermonette number one. I wanted to share where I am and what I'm doing and I'm, what I'm journaling with right now. Now I want to preach to you what I feel like the Lord laid on my heart for you, and that is found in Isaiah 54. If you'd turn over there with me. I don't know, this morning as I was reading this, there's a lot of old songs, and so I've been singing old songs, uh, 1980s worship songs. Uh, Some of you might know them, uh, some of you will not, and that's okay, because you are younger than me. Uh, Beginning in verse 17, I'm sure you know I love Isaiah 54. It is a, uh, one of those chapters that is like a life chapter for me. Um, the Lord speaks to me pretty progressively out of it. But verse 17 was what was really on my heart to share with you through chapter 55, verse 2. So I want to read those. It begins with, No weapon formed against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Oh, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you, will ha- and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the riches of fare. What a great verses. You know, the, the Bible isn't necessarily divided up into chapters, so you can read past the end of a chapter. It's okay. Okay. A lot of these chapter numbers were added... Uh, by scribes just to for make it easier for understanding where they thought the paragraph ended. So no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. 
everything the enemy tries to come against you, the Lord declares, no matter how you receive it in your identity, no matter what you're walking in right now, the Lord declares, what I say is what is true. Okay? So no weapon, no accusation, because the weapons of the enemy are basically accusations. They're accusations against yourself, against others, or against God. And what you agree with becomes cemented into you. Whether you agree with an accusation against yourself and you have a poor self-image, poor meaning that you are below who Jesus sees you, you agree about accusations against others and you cut those in the family off or you're not able to give love that you have received, or you have accusations against God and you begin to doubt or you begin to push away from all that God has for you because you cannot believe and receive from the goodness of the Father. So this is how the enemy works. The enemy knows that you are not a prodigal son, that you are a full-on firstborn, full-on son or daughter. You are precious to the Lord. You have His righteousness. You have His authority. And you have His equipping. The enemy knows this. So the enemy accuses to get us to walk out of that full identity and walk into something less than. And believe it, you know, according to your faith, be it unto you, Jesus said in the book of Matthew. According to your faith. So where you are, where you receive is where you live. And Jesus is always speaking over you against the lies of the enemy so that you can believe him. And he declares over you that no weapon, nothing that the enemy is trying to do against you is going to prevail. So that's something to declare over yourself, to declare over your family, to declare over your friends, to declare over your at, the area that you see as your mission field, to declare over it that the enemy's plans will not succeed. I will choose to believe and declare what the Lord says. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise against me shall fall. I will not do... I will not fear what the devil may bring me. I am a servant of God. Oh, I am a servant of God. Do you know the song? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. All those who rise up against me shall fall. I will not fear what the devil may bring me. I am a servant of God. Oh, I am a servant of God. Integrity goes in the 1980s. But it's good. It's the truth. Is that good, Augusta? Yeah, yeah, okay, thank you, yeah. And God says here in verse 17 that you will refute every tongue that accuses you. So if you remember in Romans 12, it says, renew your mind. If you remember in 1 Corinthians, I think it's 10, it says, cast down everything that exalts itself against the, uh, the mind of Christ. If you remember in uh, the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, it tells you to put on the new man. So there's a process where you refute and you say, mind in the name of Jesus, body in the name of Jesus, family in the name of Jesus, city in the name of Jesus, job in the name of Jesus. This is what Jesus says. And you refute what the accusation of the enemy is. So it's dangerous for us when we're discouraged or whatever and we get into our pity parties 
and we begin to agree with what the accusation is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, totally. Yep, it's impossible. Yep, there's no hope. Yep, I'm a loser. Yep, they're a loser. Yep, it's broken, unfixable. Yep, it's gone. Yep, it's dead. You know, you agree with that accusation. Jesus says that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Well, that takes you grabbing a hold of that and declaring that. You begin to refute. Oh, yeah? Is that what you say? Well, let me tell you what Jesus says. Just the opposite. He says this. We will stand. We will walk in freedom. My family will prosper. My marriage will be good. My job will be a blessing. You declare these things. You refute the accusation of the enemy. Why? Because this is your heritage. This is what belongs to you. You're that prodigal son, came out of the pigsty, and the Lord just wrapped his righteousness around you. He gave you his authority. He put sandals on your feet, so he prodded your feet with the gospel of peace. You know you're equipped, you're able. He gave it to you. And so when you run into these things, this is what belongs to me. Even if it takes me 10 years, I will hold on to what Jesus says. I will declare the goodness of the Lord. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me. What's the word vindication mean? Vindication is one of those big words that we sometimes lose. You know, you're, I, we think sometimes it's saying vindictive, but it's not. It's vindication. It means to refute, to prove wrong. So the enemy accuses, and Jesus says, I'm going to show him that he's wrong, and I'm going to do it through you. Watch me. Let me prove to you what the truth is. So no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Nothing can keep me from having the fullness of Jesus in my life. Nothing's supposed to. And so he calls to us in Isaiah 55. And actually the first word, it's so funny because uh, in the ESV it says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. In the King James it says, Ho. Ho, just H-O. Because the word in Hebrew there is actually just like that. It is a, uh, it's just a, a sound you make. It's like, and it's H-O-Y, hoy, hoy. It's like, hey, pay attention. Look over here. Come on. You know, it's like that. It's like, pay attention to this. And then he says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the water. You who have no money, come buy and eat. So basically what he's saying is, if you want to walk so that no weapon formed against you, you got to hunger for it. you got to want it. You can't look on whether or not you have what it takes to get it because you ain't got money to buy it. 
You can't get it for yourself. But if you want it, you can come and have it. And it's going to take standing against the accusation, saying, Lord, help me today. I need it, Jesus, today, because it's maybe a little rough this morning. It's rough this week. But, Lord, give me the strength to say, uh-uh, I'm trusting in Jesus. I got the robe of righteousness on. I got his authority ring on me. My feet are taken care of. They're shod with everything that I need. All grace is sufficient to do what he's asked me to do to walk through this situation. I may not have the money of myself, but he says, Come, buy milk, wine, without money and without cost. I've given it all to you. Why spend your money? Why spend what you have? On things that really don't satisfy. They're not bread. Why go after and believe and labor for what does not meet the needs of your heart? I got it all here for you. Don't waste your time on those things trying to solve it. Come to me. Come to me. Believe me, trust me, and receive. Receive what I have for you. Listen, listen to me. I love that. You know, when Jesus repeats himself, it usually means to, to grab our attention. Hey, you, listen, listen. Listen, listen, listen. You remember the video of the little tiny kid? Listen, Linda, listen. Listen, Linda. You remember the little toddler who was arguing with his mom? Listen, Linda, Linda. It was just a cute little thing. Yeah, listen, listen, Linda. We have to have that same heart declaring and believing for what Jesus has given us. Write it down and say, listen, Satan, listen, in Jesus' name. This is what Jesus said. I refuse to listen to you. I'm going to listen to Jesus. I'm going to eat what is good. My soul will delight in the riches of fair. The riches of all that Jesus has for me, that's what my soul will delight in. I'm not going to put up with half-baked, store-bought cookies, um, Fast food, junk food, I'm going for the fullness of what God has for me, the good stuff. It's yours, guys. If this doesn't grab you, possibly you're a little bit like me and you've grown up as a fourth child, fourth son, and your anticipation is, well, that's good for those firstborn, but for me, I'll take the hand-me-downs. I'll settle for what the Lord has for me, and what you're saying is I'll settle for what I can believe for, what I feel I'm worthy of. Instead of grabbing a hold of that firstborn portion that belongs to you in Christ Jesus and believing and pressing in and dealing with the doubt and dealing with the fear and dealing with the poor self-image, dealing with the junk that's hindering, dealing with the accusations, to come into the fullness of what Jesus has for you. No weapon formed against me will prosper. What is happening right now does not dictate who I am or what my future will hold. What's happening right now, what's coming against me, does not dictate who I am as his son, as his daughter. I am a favored son. He loves spending time with me. 
He loves giving me things that bring me joy. I can ask for and expect the best from him. I don't have to have hand-me-downs because my father isn't poor. My father does not shop at second-hand stores. My father can fix my father can fix the furnace when it breaks and not play the game of living together in the one room with the heater. I had to do that. We did that as a kid because our furnace broke in the middle of winter. We had weeks where we all stayed in one room together and we played live in the one room together with the kerosene heater. So even though that was my experience, that isn't who Jesus is. And if I settle for that experience with Jesus, that's me settling for that. And it's okay to say, Jesus, I don't want to settle here. So reveal to me where I'm thinking wrong, where I'm believing wrong, because I want to receive all that you have for me. Deal with my heart, Lord, even if it's painful. Deal with my heart so that I can come into what you have for me. You are favored sons and daughters. I have full expectations of testimonies of breakthrough coming in. And breakthrough begins in you. Before you see the manifestation of the breakthrough, the breakthrough begins in you. Because you begin to look at it and go, why am I putting up with this? Why do we have this mess here? Why don't I deal with this? Maybe you don't notice. There was a mess here. The tablecloth was all dusty. It wasn't fitting right. We had this weird piece of black material down there. It's not exactly what I want. There was an orange cord that ran. There were rugs that got moved all the time to try to hide the, the cords underneath. And I said to myself, why am I doing this? Why are we doing this? Get some creative. We got some two tablecloth. This is for right now because we will get new nice projectors that are out of here. This will be all clear at some point. But right now, let's clean it up. Let's rerun another cable. I went and found a, believe it or not, I went to the store and they had 25-foot black extension cable, so we didn't have to have the orange one running this way. <laughs> I just went to the store, spent 15 bucks, and got it. My point being, when you get finally tired of the way it looks and what you're dealing with, you begin to go, okay, Jesus, why am I this way? Why am I settling for this? Give me new insight. Give me new views. Help me to see. And he begins to say, well, Matt, let's talk. And it may be a few weeks it may be a few months, it may be a few years as you understand the deepness of why you believe what you believe and then Jesus can clear it up and you can walk in the fullness of that he has for you. But that's what he has for you, the goodness. The goodness. The goodness. God is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. He is good. Don't settle for TV dinners. He is good. Settle for the good things of the Lord. I'm preaching to myself. You know, that way I can listen to this and encourage myself as I'm. Come on now.
Let me pray over you this morning. We're going to end a little early because there's no use me preaching this over and over again. I think you got it, what I'm going for. You are favored sons and daughters and no weapon formed against you. Every lie spoken over you and your family will come to naught because Jesus is good. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for each and every individual here, those that are joining us online, those that will listen to this later on in the podcast. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that what you want done in their life, what you declare supersedes every accusation and lie of the enemy. Jesus, show yourself strong and bring the revelation so that we move past the settled things in our lives and come into the good things that you have for us in every area and every sphere of our life, Lord. That our acts would be touched, Lord Jesus, by your love, by your healing power, Lord Jesus, by your authority, Father, that we would bring and counter every accusation of the enemy and begin to declare boldly what you have to say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, come and move like waves of the ocean, Father, upon us. Waves of your Holy Spirit, bringing into the full liberty that you have for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, destroy every lie, every work, every weapon of the enemy. Destroy it and have fun doing it, Jesus. We agree with you this morning. We give you permission to come in, to coat us with your righteousness to give us your authority that we walk in, to shod our feet with everything that we need, and, Lord, to begin to reveal to us that we are your favored children, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Be sure to stick around and fellowship a while, and we will see you next week. Did I forget something? Oh, prayer. Yes, there is a prayer team that's over here. If you need prayer this morning, they'll be happy to agree with you and declare what God says over you. Amen?